With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Bloodandmud.com podcast. We've got to 13 episodes. Who'd have thunk? Um, I am Lee Calvert. I am the editor of Bloodandmud.com, and over there is. I'm Josh Gardner, editor of Rugby Yeah, keep coming back every week. This week, it's been a Six Nations free weekend, which has been slightly confusing for the past few weeks, but Don't like it. after that, yeah, so now we've got, uh, to this week we're going to look at a bit of a question mark about which players you'd like to steal from other nations after France's mm-hmm. antics this week. We'll also look at the curious case of David Smith and those strange antics over there in France. We'll have, as always, the shit good ratings, because let's be honest, that's why everybody tunes in, because God knows that's the only original thing I've ever done. Uh, we will go to the now hashtag Cardiff shitwatch and find out how they've been getting on. I think we all know what the answer is. Then we'll have a preview of the Six Nations weekend and I've got a treat for Josh in the loop. Hello, Josh. Hello there. Did you manage to get through the weekend without the Six Nations? It was very weird. I hate these off weekends because you just... You get into that frame of mind, don't you, where you're like every weekend it's like a little present that you get to spend it watching Test rugby, and then unless it's Ireland, sudden... France, then it's like a little present that somebody's <laughs> well, wrapped, wrapped up a dog like, shit for you. Yeah, I mean the reality is not always what you'd hope it to be, but at least in in the anticipation, you. It, it's very true that actually, there's always mm. that little few hours before the game where you, the excitement peaks, and you're thinking this exactly. could be it. And then yeah. ten minutes in, you think, oh balls! <laughs> and then at half time, you've got to listen to Clive Woodward. 
Yeah. But generally, and then we had Wales Scotland, which kind of brightened everything up. So, but that, mm. that, but anyway, we're not going to talk about that this week. We're going to talk about well, we are going to talk about the Six Nations later on. But let's start off with a bit of a topical question, then, Josh, because this yes. whole thing with David Smith and France, which we'll talk about <laughs> in a minute, may, led hilarious. me to think if you could nick an ineligible player from somewhere else, and you being Welsh, you've probably got some experience of doing this. Oh, well, you can talk. Yeah. Uh, no, well, uh, yes. I, well our, all of ours are eligible. <laughs> Shane Howarth yeah, was enough. not eligible. Fair right? enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So if you could nick somebody, who who would you steal, Josh? If you um, Sam Burgess, just to prove a point. <laughs> what? Well, that you can make him actually work. <laughs> yeah, right? just make him into an international centre, just to rub it in. Well, he'd do a brilliant um, Jamie Roberts job, wouldn't he? If he all would, he's going to do is run hard it's, and not pass. Then exactly, he... it's it's piss easy and and hit people anyway. Um. Others, uh, Goromaru, but I'd nick him for France because we all know how Eddie Butler loves doing a wonky accent <laughs> when he's pronouncing player names imagine. and hearing himself getting himself tied in knots trying to make Goromaru sound French would probably make me very, very happy. I like, the, I like the way he's playing for the, the Reds now because the Australians will do that questioning intonation thing on his voice. Goromaru? Yeah, Goromaru. <laughs> Goromaru. He sounds like a town in New South Wales. He does, actually, like that, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so... You'd go for Goran Maru. I would, to be honest, I've had a long-term love affair with this man, and I would go for him immediately in any position, and that's Morgan Parra. Yeah, I want him in every team that I like <laughs> because he's Except... just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Except where he doesn't realise that his team needs three points to to win a game, and completely balls us up Claremont's entire European campaign as he did a couple of weeks ago yeah but you see that as a bad thing I see well, that yeah. I see that as charming <laughs> there is there is a I mean he's a fantastic player and yes there's a there's a, a cheeky there's a, there's a wonderful can't. yes insouciance yeah. to which I, which I absolutely love I mm. threw this out to Twitter and it's amazing that the things that you that you get back. Sure. <laughs> uh, some of them are quite sensible in many ways. Sean Flynn, Sean A. Flynn on Worrying. Twitter said that with these Welsh areas in Argentina, then some of the lads can come over and play for the Dragons and Wales. Yes, that would be a very sensible yes. thing. Just just move them all to Patagonia. Brilliant. <laughs> Mark B. Brighty said Regan King. What the Mark Bright? What, from Crystal Palace? No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Mark Bright, somebody off Twitter, um, said yes, Regan I, King. I, and he, I does wish he, to why God does he Regan not qualify? He's, he's got one all-black cap. Oh, He's one of them. If he'd had no all-black caps, he would have been playing for Wales for about 10 years by now. So instead but, you got uh, Sonny Parker. Yeah. He was actually he, all right, to be honest, but he, he wasn't was Regan right. King. He's no Regan King. Florence, and I thought this was an interesting one, it's a good one. Florence on Twitter said, any Highlander should be able to play for Scotland. <laughs> I'm assuming well, he means ba- the, o- is... the Otago types. Not well, the... Basically, that is the, uh, the selection <laughs> policy that Vern Cotter appears to have adopted. You've nicked exactly what so... I was going to say, but yes, that, surely <laughs> that's what they already that, yes. do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so any uh, hand, so that'd be quite good. Any, any hand that could play for Scotland. Uh, mm? Friend of the blog, Adam Rees, who never fails to chip in on a weekly basis, <laughs> I saw, I saw this. suggested uh, Sonny Bill Williams, uh, Sonny Boy Williams, and did yes. worst full stop Photoshop full stop ever. <laughs> it, actually, it was actually a spectacularly half assed spectacularly half-assed error. Um, I, I would like to see uh, Julian Sevilla just because George North and him in the same back line would be just borderline unfair. That would be quite magnificent, wouldn't it? Instead, you've got George North and Alex Cuthbert, but we'll come on to that yeah, later. Come on to that. <laughs> I won't unleash that anger in you just yet. We'll, we'll just hold that in check till later. Yeah. Um, Robert Marcuccili, 
I'm sorry, Robert, if I pronounced that wrong. It's something Italian, I'm guessing. Now, a couple mm. of people came at this from a different angle. They said, he said, I want Sam Warburton for England because he's got an English dad. So actually, he could have qualified for England. He could have, yeah. And also, Wales won't have that amazing captain. And also, James Haskell will never play for England again. I mean, That's from a your point of view, I'm not seeing line. a downside there. <laughs> no. <laughs> and from a lot of Welsh people's points of views, then it would mean that Justin Tipperick could start every week and they'd all be fucking delighted. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true. A certain type of Ospreys fan would be very pleased. But then mm. somebody, Luke on Twitter also came at that from a slightly different angle. He said he'd want Haskell to be eligible for Wales. Then he would never get picked. No. And you'd never no. actually see him in an international jersey ever again. I know, but he would be playing somewhere in the Pro 12, and I don't want to watch that week in, week out, to be honest. And also, need that. also James Franco, not that one, on Twitter, <laughs> not the actor, yeah, said that any open side in the world, so long as Haskell can't play. That's it. He's, he's my kind of man, James Franco. Yes, I like you, James. Clearly, we should I'm go out for a drink a sometime. Uh, and Tom on, on Twitter, who I've not heard from before, a guy called Tom, username Repka, Seemed to want to unload all of his hatred about certain things in, in this section. He said he wanted Jake Ball to go back to Australia so he's not completely shit for Wales all the time. Which oh, I thought was harsh. a bit harsh, actually. That is very harsh. <laughs> but then he also said that, which I did like, he wants referee Craig Maxwell Keys to transfer to football so he can act like a blind, aloof pedant in the right sport. <laughs> yeah, the, and that one I do like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sensing there's an undercurrent here that... I think we caught him on a really bad talk. day. <laughs> yeah, or th- this is basically his therapy, and we should be charging an exorbitant amount of money per hour for this shit. Yeah, so Tom, if you're out there, mate, everything's going to be okay, all right? Yes, Don't worry about it. Fine. <laughs> Just so that was Tell that, me about your mother. That was a little feature on our how who would you most like to steal, which which was mm. a bit a bit of fun. But it, it was it was all caused, Josh, by this very very strange situation in France, where um, France picked this David Smith, who's Samoan by birth, I believe. Yes, formerly of Toulon and now of Cast. Is he someone like that? I mean, look, Guinoves. He's not a young guy. He's not as sharp as he used to be. I mean. Who can like this is the elderly rugby coach equivalent of like walking into a room and standing there looking befuddled because you can't remember why you walked in there and then turning out and walking out again, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah seriously, I, though, what a fuck up! What a, what fuck a up. spectacular, embarrassing fuck up! I mean, I wanted him to play because, like with the Goromaru thing, I wanted to hear how Butler would say his name, David Smith, David Smith. <laughs> But what, what I found really interesting was that he was only selected when France couldn't select. Marvin O'Connor and Teddy Thomas so that means they've obviously got some kind of undercurrent of selection policy which means they can only select wingers with English names (laughs) with anglicised names I mean when Marvin O'Connor is actually Australian by some sort of I think he he might have been grown up in France but he's definitely got Australian parentage Teddy Thomas is a 1950s Ealing comedy star yes exactly exactly (laughs) <laughs> or and not when Eddie Butler says it, though. And then, but he, then he, he is actually French, French Teddy Thomas, isn't he? He is very French. He's Teddy Thomas. Tom- but, uh... <laughs> well, everybody's very French when you leave it up to Butler. <laughs> aren't they? I would be Lee Calvert. Yes, yeah. exactly. Roy Cocotte. <laughs> yes, no. Um, yeah. But I'm, I, it's amazing. It's no wonder the French team are in shambles when this is what's going on behind the scenes. I'm amazed they never tried to call up Johnny Wilkinson, to be honest. <laughs> what made me laugh even more as well is that apparently it only got figured out when he, he actually turned up to camp the first day and said, I've got a sevens, I've got a sevens cap, you know. <laughs> and they went, have you? Oh, balls. <laughs> I mean, in, Give in us all that kit back. 
<laughs> in mitigation, when you go on his Wikipedia page, it makes no mention of him playing for the Sevens. And if it doesn't say it on Wikipedia, then it's not really relevant. So I you guess. can't really blame the French exactly. Federation, can you? Because if if, everybody uses Wikipedia. The fact that they might yeah. have proper registrations documented or anything <laughs> is, is completely beyond, isn't it? Well, exactly. I mean, it does bring to the fore, once again, what a bewildering shambles the IRB eligibility regulations are. Um, Absolutely. I don't really want to get into it, but... God, something's got. Well, I don't mind getting into shit, it. It's, I think residency <laughs> just becomes a joke, quite frankly. I think unless it's shambles. I think they need to bring something in, like the home nations in football. Football's a bit stranger, but you have to have been there and developed by the club from a certain age or something yeah. to qualify. I think I think a three-year eligibility if you're under the age of twenty-two, and if you're over twenty-two, then it's five years for me. Mm. And that sort of—I mean, there's no perfect solution, is there? Is it kind of no? But that that way, it just stops this horrible, bloody passport eligibility tourism nonsense that's just becoming rife now. And yeah, it's just unnecessary. Yeah. So yeah, we're not happy about that. We can talk about that another time. But yeah, that was a very, very strange thing. While we're talking about people who've who've had caps for the for the All Blacks, the mm. piece of news this week was that um, Kieran Reid has officially been given the executive cheat codes. Yes. by the New Zealand Rugby Union <laughs> and, and been made captain never to be made offside again he's been given nope. the me thrill for those of you who are out there who are into nerdy books um, oh no me thrill's it's... the armour sorry I've just sent a lot of Tolkien fans completely insane by getting yeah. it wrong which is why Tolkien fans shouldn't listen to rugby podcasts for their entirely I mean... accurate canon nerdy shit <laughs> I mean to be fair they're usually quite reasonable about these things I don't think, I don't think I'm going to get any shit for that at all no definitely not they've got a, they've got a good track record of not overreacting about these sort of things I'm sure um, yeah so Kieran Reid is captain yes I mean that, that was entirely box tickingly obvious wasn't it I it mean was. who else was going to do it there's nobody left yeah of the experience lot yeah yeah, I mean, he is the. I mean, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, fair play. They don't make a panic or make a fuss about it. It's just like, well, he's the obvious bloke, so let's just make him captain. Mm. Job done. But I don't think it's going to be quite as as simple and as easy as the All Blacks are sort of panning out as far as as the succession goes. Like, McCall's shoes are utterly impossible to fill, and with the All Blacks entering a transitional period. Um, you can see that if they lose a couple of games, the knives are going to be out because there's no way that he can live up to what's gone before. Like, what does he do? No, no, I, I agree, and it's it will be it'll be the old Driscoll centre thing for either. It is fairly seismic, but I think actually, Kieran Reid's a brilliant player. That's not a problem. Yeah, he is. There's no like, well, how do we plug a gap in the position? It's it's more no. nobody can run a ref like McCaw did. No. Surely, I mean, he cheated. He just got away with it for years. It can't happen again. Exactly. Surely, and 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 it's also the fact that I mean, obviously, Reed is a fantastic player, but he's probably in the worst run of form of his career at the moment by his incredibly high standards. He was he was pretty anonymous at the World Cup. So, yeah, which and, I think it was and, it was more noticeable with him because he had been so outstanding. Exactly, for two and, that, years. and by his standards, like. I don't but think he was bad, forget- was he? He was just quiet. No, he wasn't was bad. He just you know? was quiet, as you say. Yeah, he's quiet. But he's thirty years old as well. Let's not forget. This isn't sort of the establishment of another ten-year dynasty, a la McCall. You know, realistically, he's got what three, four years before his powers are probably going to be on the wane. It's a bit of a sort of sticking plaster until they get the next generation of young All Blacks established, I guess. And it's, not, yeah, it's a bit it's, of a poison chalice for it's, him. It's not a bad bridging position to be in, oh, though, is it? Oh, God, we'll no. give the job to I him. Mean, I'm not saying he's a bad choice, far from it, but 
yeah, we're, we're sort of in uncharted waters here. And yeah. It's not all going to be smooth sailing, which is certainly interesting for everyone else, if perhaps a little bit worrying for All Blacks fans. But yeah, good luck to him, I'm sure. Good luck, we'll see. Honest. And, you know, he seems he seems less of a cheat and a git than McCall <laughs> on the field. Yes. That can only that. go well. Well, yeah. Okay, let's... The Shit Good Ratings. The only rating system that matters. Yeah, the shit good rating is the only rating system that matters. Um, well, it is. It was uh, a domestic, an entirely domestic weekend this weekend, uh, Josh. Indeed. I mean, it was um, not domestic bliss by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't, to be fair. I don't think, you know, it blowing a hurricane helped. No. Nope, situations, it really didn't help. But um, I'll start off with shit. Bath. Yes. Who lost yeah. again. I was, I was watching the game. Uh, and I was about half... I'd watched the... The first half hour, of the first half, and you know me, and people who follow me on Twitter, the way I write, I like to be relatively florid in my language and try mm. to be a, a constructively, you know, uh, try to think differently about how to say things, so they're not just Absolutely. me. Abu- it's, it's a clever level of abuse, I like to think. <laughs> I completely ran out of any ideas at all watching Bath, and I simply tweeted, "Bath are absolutely shit." They really are. Like this, we could, you know bang on and on about the reasons that they are shit but it just comes down to the fact that they are properly like they don't even look like they're a team that you look at teams like Wasps and Saracens and you think well they've got some depth it's like Bath have somehow spent all this money and yet you look at the team that they could put out at the weekend and they are rubbish like yeah, they're not. They don't even look that good on paper, let alone in the flesh. There's still some half decent players in there. I think the worrying yeah. thing is, is that they're all thirty percent. Yeah, probably about twenty percent less than they were last year. Yeah, and nothing is working anymore. But I mean, it was. No. It was more than anything. It was being a Bath fan must be awful because it was so depressing that first thirty minutes. They hardly had any ball. They couldn't even execute exit strategies properly. No, it and was... it was all just a nightmare. Then the bench gets empty in the second half, and, and in a way, they did well to stay in touch yeah. for as long as they did. And then, then the game got taken away, and they got a bit back at the end. But they're just shite. Yeah, they. It's. It's. I mean, there's been quite a few teams that have gone off the boil quite significantly this season from where they were last year. You know, just got to look at Saints, for example. But yeah, the way that the Bath have just completely gone to pieces this year. It's so odd and so unexpected. Well, I think you always expect continual improvement, don't you? Especially as you add more players to the team like they have done. You expect them to be... And I know, I just come back to the basic point. It's obviously because they've lost Sam Burgess. Well... (laughs) There is no other explanation. He is the only significant, like, player that's gone. And yet... Yeah. And they've they've recruited, you know, load they've just you know all the number eights in the world they've signed, and yet and even that hasn't solved it. No, so, anyway, that. so things aren't going well for Battle. Then they were shit again, and uh, well, mm. and their season. Well, they might not even get to Europe next year, might they? No, they they probably won't. No, horrific. Right. Anyway, what yeah. have you got on your shit list there? Um, I've got my first one is um Richard Cockerell and his incredibly clever um late injury withdrawal trick that he's now done two weeks on the bounce. Last week he um. Manny Tuolagi made his long-awaited return from injury after being a late injury replacement, and this week uh, he did exactly the same thing with Jean de Villiers, making his debut of um, out of nowhere without it being announced beforehand. And uh, Cockerell actually admitted in the week that he um, there was no late injury withdrawal thing; he just lied 
um, because he didn't want there to be all the razzmatazz and furore around Tuolagi coming back which I mean on the on one hand fair enough yeah he's being honest about it but it's just it's clear gamesmanship and it's clearly illegal and it's just such a pointless cheating like I preferred um, angry Richard Cockrell yeah I liked um, it when he was just an arsehole yeah like you know shit I mean? devious Richard Cockrell is rubbish yeah he's not very good at it yeah, he like, looks like he looks like odd job trying to get who got a promotion in yes, Goldfinger to the supervillain, and he's exactly, really struggling. He doesn't really know. He's trying to be Machiavellian in actual fact. He's just being a bit shit. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's not like he gleaned any massive advantage over Quinns by sort of bringing De Villiers in or by bringing Tuilagi in last week. It's like it's still just a warm body in the centre. It's not going to drastically change the way that their yeah. their game plan is or anything like that. I mean, Quinn's fans should know a thing or two about pointless cheating that gleans no actual advantage <laughs> on the field, of yeah. course. But like, I mean, this is but all this is doing, like it did with Quinn's, is just making Leicester look a bit shady and dishonest for no actual benefit at all. And it's just yeah, really stupid. Yeah, unless you know, yeah, it's a bit unbecoming, isn't it? Really, but it's, yeah, very much so. So that's that. Anything else on your shit list there, Josh? Um, yes, uh, Danny Cipriani. Yeah. Um, look, we've all been there. You've got a new job. Your head's basically <laughs> out the door already, but you've got to serve out your notice, haven't you? But you can't really be bothered. And in the words of the super furry animals, the man don't give a fuck. And that is Danny <laughs> Cipriani right now. He was abysmal. Like, what was it, four missed conversions? I think four he missed, had. Well, He's kicking out the team, not the best part of his game anyway. No, but it was particularly, but he was particularly bad. bad. And he got absolutely ragdolled by Francois Huard for the try. And Francois and... Huard's not a, not the biggest lad. Well, he's a scrum half, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and not Mike Phillips' proportion no, scrum half. No, he's a normal size scrum half, roughly. But yeah, he was just. He yeah. clearly just can't be bothered right now and would quite like it to be the end of the season so I've, he can pop down to Coventry. I've said this before. Like, that, that shows you how bad it must be going to go to Coventry. <laughs> but uh, I've said yeah. this before that I don't know how anybody plays in that sale stadium. It's, it, you know, how you summon up the energy to do anything in that place. It's the it most is, depressing stadium I've ever seen in my life. It's next to the M60 flyover. <laughs> Kind of across from the from the from the indoor ski slope, Christ. and it's just it's just awful, and it's that hard to get to, and it's just oh, it, it makes you kind of weep quietly to yourself yeah. just looking I mean, at it. The prem certainly in terms of new stadiums, the Premiership is not exactly blessed with incredibly vibey, evocative stadiums. The Majeski springs instantly to mind there for London Irish, which is one of the most depressing places you'll ever go. The Liberty's not exactly much better as far as. Yeah. Surroundings go. There is a Frankie and Benny's though, so you know it's not all. Oh well, well there you go. <laughs> is that where they yeah. all are then? When they should be watching the game in the queue at Frankie basically, and Benny's. Basically, yeah. Um, shit um, stuff. I've got um, the use of data. But pick up that point about um, the bitch off and Dean Ryan's use of data. Oh yes, I was I was talking about um, before we came on. Did I, if I don't know if anybody saw Steve Diamond and Dean Ryan having a proper little bitch fest at the end of, of the game between Worcester and Sale on the weekend but Diamond basically had a little moan that Dean Ryan had moaned about the ref the previous week and had somehow like that had got in the ref's head and that they had therefore you know not got the rub of the green but then the best bit was that Dean Ryan when asked about this responded that Worcester was statistically the worst refereed team in the premiership and he could prove it and they got got the data and can, can you, ima- the, can you imagine award- can you imagine the meeting that'd be 
Yeah. I know. I'm going to come and We're... prove it right now. Exactly. In the immortal words of Gareth Thomas, tell us your sources. It's, it's easy to spout unqualified yeah. bullshit and then use the word statistically after it, we, hey. as if that somehow makes it better. But no, you got sources. We've all got sources, as he said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, but I mean, can you imagine? I mean, if he has got that, which knowing Dean Ryan, I think he might. He might well have I, something I that, or something that leads him that way. Yeah. There's a very famous quote about the use of statistics, isn't there? Mm. By uh, Andrew Lang, is it? When he said uh, about politicians, but you could reply it to anybody. You could say that Dean Dean Ryan uses statistics the same way as a drunk uses a lamppost. It's for support <laughs> rather than illumination. Yes, and that, that is very, and that is statistical analysis in rugby writ large, really, isn't it? Yeah, it very rarely tells you anything. I think, to be honest, analysis is so on vogue now, mm. and it's it, it's it's getting to be tedious, in my opinion. Yeah, like. Uh, no disrespect to the Planet Rugby guys at all, um, or the Rugby Blog guys, I should say, but they put a big thing about breakdown efficiency up in the week that mm. basically had the top 10. They'd got some stats about the top 10 breakdown players of each team and blah, blah, blah. Kel Surprise, Dan Cole gets to more breakdowns than anyone else and does less. Um, but it was just like... <laughs> data on its own you could look at it and say oh well Justin Tipperick is the best loose forward in statistically in the Six Nations this year now that, my well, that's eyes what that one said wasn't it yeah and my eyes tell me something very very different to that and as you say it's 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 support not illumination like you could there are so many statistics flying around now that pretty much any point of view that you would like to hold you can probably find a stat to back it up somewhere along the line. And it's it's those pieces that people are writing now as well. And actually, I should say, I think the people who write the pieces do a very, very good job because they're not yes, difficult. They, pieces. they are difficult pieces to write. And, I, and I'm mm. not. But the, this clamour for those pieces, with you know, with thousands of pictures with arrows. <laughs> yeah. Well, he stands there, then he moves there, then he puts his head down, and that's why he can see he's valuable to the team. And I. Yeah. I think it questions, but I just, I don't, I just, it's just me. I think I just, I can't, I, I just lose my, my I, like I go cross-eyed. Those. I like reading those things. Do you? I don't so much because see, it makes really. me because it makes me feel quite intelligent and sort of like, <laughs> well, oh, I understand what they're doing here. But in reality, I sort of come away thinking, did I actually agree with that? And I just don't enjoy it. I mean, I don't. I know it's terrible for somebody who likes rugby and watches rugby and studies rugby a bit, but I, I just I can't go to that level of detail. It's it's like it feels like playing Monopoly. It does come to a point where you, if you, bore down so deeply as far as analysis and statistics go that you sort of take a little bit of the romance out of the game. Let's be honest, because and that was the money ball argument in baseball, wasn't it? You know, when, yeah. he, when, when they said, "No, hang on a minute, I like to see if somebody can hit the ball properly." Please put the spreadsheet away. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's probably a people balance get sort of struck. People it? get carried away with Moneyball being able to be applied to all sports, but you know, baseball is a, a sport where it's one person against one other person, and I don't think it applies to team sports nearly as well. And and, I don't think you can. Yeah, use and, and there are very deeply. there are very specific short-term goals you're trying to achieve. Yeah, you're trying to get on base. You're trying to pitch something. You know, it's it's a specific yeah, exactly. thing. Statistics always, always. I remember I used to write for a cricket blog many years ago, mm. which is why I mentioned cricket a bit on here. There's my best example of where statistics are a waste of time was there, there were two all rounders playing in England at the same time. One of them had very good stats for an all rounder. One of them had pretty middling stats for an all rounder. 
which one would you pick for England was the kind of question. Yeah. And the one with the brilliant stats was a guy who played for Lancashire Essex called Ronnie Irani. He was kind of chubby and completely mediocre. And the one who didn't, who had the pretty middling stats, was Andrew Flintoff. Nah. He was kind of chubby and not at all mediocre, you know. No. So if you just yeah. look at them in the in the in isolation, as you say, you know, you can't. You, you still have to apply something qualitative to it. Yeah, and that's the thing that I, I get very irate when people come at me arguing on Twitter with a big list of statistics and it's like yeah do you yeah. tell them to fuck off no. that's probably the best thing to do <laughs> I don't, don't engage to, with it yeah I try not to engage you don't need that negativity yeah. in your life as the young people say <laughs> yeah um, no don't tell any them more to fuck shits off then? no don't any, any more shits um, um, somebody on Twitter said to me <laughs> sent to me George Clancy <laughs> I didn't actually say whether it I was mean, shit or good. Just said George Clancy, but I, I knew immediately probably, what he was talking yeah. about. That was Andrew R. Ross on Twitter, and I did say to him, "I said that could be every week." Basically, it's a, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's basically. a set agenda item like you have in meetings. Mm. You know, he, as I said the other week, he looks like Stan Laurel's idiot brother, George Clancy. Yes, and he referees like it quite a lot as well. Him and Johnny Lacey, him and Johnny Lacey have this air about them. Like, do you know when you watch those? Those people that wander inadvertently into the back of news bulletins and then realise that <laughs> yes. oh shit, I'm on camera. I know exactly. That's, that's what, you what mean. Johnny Lacer yes. and George Clancy remind me of. They have this air about them of slight confusion about what they're doing there and what they're actually meant to be doing. Yes, and it's called the scrum or the breakdown. I believe, as far as they're <laughs> that's, concerned, that's, that's when the full horror comes down. Mm. That was um, always, that was my any more shit from you, Josh? Not yes, um, I got two. Um, Shark Brits's excuse for. Um, caving in Nick Wood's face to such an extent that he needed uh, multiple stitches and had to come off was um, that he was worried about hurting his knee again when he was trapped at the bottom of a pile of bodies so his response was just to punch Nick Wood repeatedly in the face I always like, uh, to, I always like to apply the would it work in high school argument you know the yes. teacher's point why did you hit him then and if yeah, you were to apply that it wouldn't work would it No. but I, I actually think the real reason why Shotbridge did that is because he wants to get the fans used to somebody called Shulk being red carded. Yes, I because mean, it's, it's coming gonna, a lot more next year. Exactly, it's going to become basically a bi-weekly thing. So, <laughs> a card of some colour is coming to somebody called Shulk <laughs> quite regularly yes. from next season. Um, and the last uh, shit. Well, I've got two more shits actually. Um, <laughs> my second to last shit: the FFR and everything to do with it. Um, not just the colossal David Smith fuck up that we've already discussed, yeah. but the um, have you seen this thing that sta- um, starred hooker Laurent Sampere was um, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, fuck it, whatever um, was suspended for eighteen weeks for gouging a Leicester player in the Champions Cup, and um, the FFR and LNR have decided that on reflection, under French law, there wasn't enough evidence to convict him, so they're going to let him carry on playing in the top fourteen. And that's got nothing to do with the fact that Stad have currently got 19 players injured or suspended at the moment. But it's just, it's shameless. They, we, they, since when did we do the read across to, read across to criminal law? If we did the read well, yeah. across to criminal law, then there's plenty of people who will be locked up every week for I was on a rugby field. Well, yeah, and French rugby think that they can make their own rules when they, they, it's an independent citing commission for a tournament that they created and signed up to, and they won't even listen to it. It's, oh, honestly... And uh, my final shit is just London Irish, Christ. Yes. Uh, it's it's not... it's it's very worrying, isn't it? They've spent so much money, and <laughs> and yet is anyone in their squad like good? Well, they should really? be. 
They should be with all the money they spent. <laughs> they should be Sean... better than the playing. Yeah, yeah. They've got Sean Maitland, who's a all right. Yeah. Test standard winger. They've got Blair Cowan, who's a all right. Yeah. International seven who got doesn't Franks. start. They've got Owen Franks, who is tail end of his career, but is a quality prop. They've got Jeff Cross, who is not a quality prop. <laughs> um, they've got Rob McCusker. They spent all this money and they just bought all of these like B list players instead of buying a couple of world class ones. I think Rob, but Rob McCusker should be able to do a job in the Viva Premiership. He absolutely he's, he's, should. They he's, all not, should. He's, he's not thirteen points halfway through, you know, two thirds through the season level of shit, no. is he? At all. And it's it's really weird that they've they've just seemed to have bought loads of like decent players and no really good ones that might have actually got them across the line in a couple of games, like Yeah. Yeah, nice uh, to see 900-year-old Topsy Ojo show that he's still got some life in his old tired legs. Though. Is, yeah, David Flatman said he was 47. He so did. David, which David if you're listening, you... which I doubt you are, but if you are, you were you were even worse than me. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so somebody who agreed with, with the France thing on Twitter was Nick Phillips, who said that shit is that the FFR gouges charter. Well, they basically, <laughs> yeah, allowed basically. To do that now. Um, a couple of shit goods that you might like, actually, uh, Josh, was from mm. Dave James. He said, shit, Steve Tandy's selection... Hard on for putting back rowers into the second row. You um, cannot put a pack together. Well, I don't entirely agree with that. I do Ooh, think that James King needs to not be playing in the not be playing in the back in the second row quite as much as he has been. But yeah, moving on to good. Uh, Dave mm. James also said that Sam Davis was very good at the weekend. He was very he, good. It was, was. A, it was a good weekend for um, to demonstrate the value of a backup ten. Actually, I thought from. Sam Davis was very good. Ian Medigan was very good for Leinster. Ben Botica was very good for Are we, are we calling Ian Medigan now? Uh, Madigan? Medigan? Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I, th- I thought I'd been mispronouncing it for years. <laughs> no, God, no. It's almost certainly me. Um, and Hodgson for Sharatons was very good, even though he's 700 years old as well, obviously. Um, yeah, teams get carried away with like wanting a different kind of 10 for the bench, but most of the time you just want somebody who can kick goals and control things. And yeah, it, especially with all the international call-ups if you've got a good 10 these days you kind of need to have two quite otherwise yeah, yeah. Um, good as well I've got Treviso hey yes. Treviso I mean, who've turned a corner won. thanks to us uh, yes it's, it's entirely thanks to us because they've got an unfeasible level of good luck now because they were still shit yeah. On the weekend. Well, it can't be anything to do with players because they're crap, well, and half of them yeah, are in Italy anyway. So. And also, they they only won because a last minute dragon's penalty in front of the posts hit both posts and then dribbled down the wrong side of the crossbar. And the, I mean, even physics is rooting for them now. It's great. And all thanks to this blog. Exactly. Aren't you glad, listeners out there, that we can create <laughs> such good in the world? No, you say because you keep cursing other people. But um, yes, we do. I mean, they beat dragons. Who oh. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna. 
talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. They're perennially shit, aren't they? Well, yeah. I mean, I looked, at, I looked per- at the league table on the BBC. is really funny because the league table on the BBC, call, on the BBC calls them NG Dragons. <laughs> and I, I work in, an, in in a sort of healthcare-related field for my proper job. And an mm. NG in in that is nasal nasal gastric <laughs> NG tube. So every time I see it, I just think nasal gastric dragons, uh, they, which is probably I mean, not given probably the, a decent given- title. Given the controversy over the name uh, Newports and Gwent in the team name oh, when it was started, do I think you remember we... that? Oh, oh it was it. They had like pro- they had they had meetings above pubs, know, community was... centres. The lot it was awful, it was, wasn't it? It was just the worst part of everything. Anyway, yeah. Um, other good for me this weekend: Regan King. Speaking of, you know, people you'd like to be Welsh. Yes, exactly. Um, he might be the best centre in the Pro Twelve right now, and he's thirty-five years old. I don't I don't understand how this is happening but what does that a, what does that say about either Regan King or the Pro 12 it's, it's a bit of both I mean just put this in context Regan King's son is on the books at the Scarlets they started a game together earlier this season ah, the Saracens Farrell axis again exactly but I mean that's not something that should happen in the pro game and yet he was absolutely sublime for the Scarlets like his passing is just on another level um, his defence was really good he set up two tries basically by just completely negating the blitz by timing his passes to perfection um i can't i wish he was eligible for wales i wish he'd been eligible for wales 10 years ago um he's, he's an absolutely fantastic player and it's no surprise that it was in the papers today that the scarlets have are on about him carrying yeah. on after this season well 20 years ago of course he would have been eligible for wales wouldn't he <laughs> well yeah a man born too late he was i mean uh, a good who's now again a bit like Dragon should be perennially shit and George Clancy yes. should be perennially shit. Perennially good now every week is Andy Good. Yes, who continues the in the name. Continues to weave his curvaceous magic like an it, it, overgrown cherub. Like an overgrown cherub who's been banished from heaven and has gone on a full fear and loathing in Las Vegas bender, <laughs> then decided to play rugby. He's and good God we love him for it. He's he's basically a rugby budder, isn't he? He's portly, he's not very mobile, but if you rub his belly and give him some booze and fags, he will save your team from relegation somehow. It was... I, 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 I also loved how he was playing up to it shamelessly, both during the game and after. I think he tweeted on Monday about how he was going to have a couple of beers to take the edge off his aches um, <laughs> after the game. Well, it's just... yeah. Well, he's wonderful. basically just Oz, isn't he? Exactly. That's, that's the wonderful thing, thing about it. He's just think... Oz playing professional rugby. And... Is it's that a not wonder, just the it's, most it's, wonderful thing? He's like the fattest, crappiest, yet most brilliant <laughs> Roy of the Rovers, isn't he, you've ever come across? <laughs> so that's Andy Goose. Yes. Again, a Newcastle beating Northampton, and given that happening, and the mm. fact they beat Leicester, and the fact that Worcester managed to pull a result out, sort of, nearly, mm. is um, and looking better, well, they're looking better than London Irish, again, yes. re-emphasises the... Um, 
nightmare London Irish find themselves in because he yeah. was always thought, well, at least Newcastle will continue to be absolutely, absolutely awful. But nobody banked no. on the good Joker, no. did they? Exactly. Playing the Joker. And let's not forget that uh, London Irish get a couple of wins and they're level on points with Bath. So, uh... <laughs> Woof. <laughs> God, the unthinkable happened. Too big to go down. They said that about Nottingham Forest, but there you yeah, go. Did. Um, and good for me, speaking of Worcester, is Bryce Heem. Mm. The winger who has actually been pretty solid and very good all season and yeah. deserved a bit better than the results have given Worcester, yes. actually. I mean, I mean, arguably Worcester have, have deserved a bit better than they've got full stop this season because I don't think they've been bad and yet they just can't seem to win games, which is... However, they can do a magnificent spreadsheet about how they wronged they've been they by officials. They can be which is really shit, where it's... Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> so instead of Dean Ryan working out ways to unlock defences, he's asking his analyst people to work out how wronged they've been. <laughs> like some jilted which, ex-girlfriend sat is, drunk on the internet. spectacularly petty, isn't it? Fair play. <laughs> or he could have just made it up, which in a way I think he would be brilliant be. if he did. It'd probably be more edifying for him if he has, but well, I feel that it might well, be the former, not yeah. the latter. We've had it miles worse than you, cause reasons. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, my other goods, uh, the Scarlets were uh, excellent after we, our curse of making them shit finally reached its logical conclusion last week. Maybe we're finding out, because we knew at this, I think maybe we're finding out that it, it, it lasts a certain period of time. Yes. Well, it comes like to a yeah, it came to a crescendo last week where they got absolutely hammered away at Connacht. Um, but they looked a totally different team on Sunday. They were really they were playing really great rugby. They were scoring tries. They had a solid set piece. Their defence was good. And that Ulster team were absolutely loaded. It was they like were. Gilroy, Henry, Diak, uh, Luke Marshall, Paddy Jackson, Ruan Pinar was on the bench. They absolutely should have dicked them. And yet somehow they didn't. And... Uh, Hadley Parks and Michael Collins, the two Kiwi imports who came over earlier in the season, were absolutely excellent again. And yeah, it's finally worn off. Scarlets are good again. So now I'll curse them by saying that they're good. <laughs> oh, no. Look at what you've done now. The shit. Scarlets fans on out there on Twitter, please feel free to abuse at Josh Gardner uh, on Twitter, or you can write to me at Blood and Mutter, tell me never to bring him on to the pod again because of yeah. what he does to the Scarlets. But I was just as much to blame last time. So we'll leave it at that. And that for this week was. Mm. The Shit Good Ratings. The only rating system. That matters. So, kind of alloyed to the shit good ratings is the mm. thing that we started, which is shit watch, which started off hashtag Treviso shit watch, and they had the audacity to win, so it, it became is. Cardiff shit watch. Now, yep. Cardiff the torch has been passed. Where up until last week had, had lost obviously to Treviso, and now mm-hmm. they've lost again. They have indeed, in spite so, actually being quite good and that putting in some pretty Gareth Anscombe was very good Ellis Jenkins was very good um, but yes they still managed to lose at home to Leinster so oh. it was it was a terrible game oh I, I was actually in Cardiff on Saturday afternoon um, shopping for a car with my mother which and that's where it's at right there it was it was a fantastic day um, and it was genuinely I lived in Cardiff for four years and that was genuinely probably the worst weather I've ever seen in Cardiff it was absolutely it was Sideways, horrible, torrential rain and wind. I couldn't have paid me to be playing rugby in it, to be honest. Yeah, the people attacking the wrong end look like those, you know, those mime artists do that running into the wind thing. <laughs> exactly, That's basically exactly what they look that. like, slow motion running into the wind. They, 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 were, they were doing that. Yian Evans was commentating on Sky 
Hmm. And he kept, he, I think he just read, you know, a new phrases to use to make yourself sound clever as a commentator. Uh. He used the term seminal moment about four times really? in the oh, game. Oh, that's a seminal moment right there. I don't does think he, he understands know, what it means. I mean, if you do say, know what it means, know. it can happen four times in a rugby game, Ian. You know? Yes, I mean, and yeah. Um, no, to the, just the no. Winners, And once it gets so Cardiff shit watch continues, it's 14 yes, days since they won days. a game. Also, from another shit watch point of view, is that they were set up, they were they spent five the last five minutes setting up to kick a drop goal. Yeah. Reese Patchell. And it was once again another example of how what? nobody can kick drop goals anymore. What is what is happened to the noble art of the drop goal? Yeah. It's just gone to shit, isn't it? I, I mean, said I said at the time, remember the time when people could kick drop goals? It seemed like <clears> a beautiful time now. Yeah, it was two thousand and three, roughly, wasn't it? So <laughs> at least like... one, at least one person could do now, it. Roland O'Gara kicked one since then, didn't he? Oh yes, the heartbreaker yeah. on you lot. Mm. But it, but no, it has happened definitely since then. Yes, but certainly the past two years, it seems to have gone very, very wrong. Very wrong. But the funny thing was, that as he was setting up, bloody Mark Robson on Sky, the world's mm. most awful commentator. It was Mark <laughs> Robson ranting and chuntering on. Say what was funny, but wasn't funny in a way, but was funny was that they zoomed in on the uh, wristband for the Stay Strong for O's campaign. Mm. And obviously Mark Robson's from Northern Ireland, isn't he? From Northern Ireland. Yes. And how do they say O-O-W as in cow in Northern Ireland? <laughs> oh, so he no. went, they're wearing, the, they're wearing those those wristbands in support of <laughs> Stay Strong for O's. O's. <laughs> everyone kind of went, what? And then they what? zoomed in on how it was spelled. It was like, no, it doesn't say that. But... <laughs> So strong for always. Yes. But hey, whatever gets the money coming in. But, well, um, exactly. But yeah, we're, and, and he was, Robson was saying it'll only need a little, because the wind was behind Cardiff and a half, and he said, oh, God. It'll, only, it'll only need a little tickle to get it over and patch it on. <laughs> it was miles away. Oh, it really? never had a chance. It never had a chance. So yeah, so there you go. Car- hashtag Cardiff Shitwatch continues. Who are they playing yes. next? Do we know? Um, I think they've got... Uh, either Ulster or Munster I think they've got Ulster, Munster and then at the end of March they've got uh, Treviso at home which they've could got, be they've got Ulster uh, at home next week Ulster are going to be very angry after losing <laughs> angry Ulster yes and then I think they're away to Munster aren't they which I don't think is going to matter no they're away to Glasgow oh Glasgow is it ah who had a good win at the weekend? They did. Uh, still, Glasgow at home wouldn't bet against them, and uh, yeah, then it's then they're playing Monster. Ah, uh, that's it. Yeah, because it's a catch up from round twelve. Yes. Then like it's th- then it's Treviso at home, twenty fifth yeah. of March. I've, I've, I've basically got that. I've got that date circled in my calendar because <laughs> I've got a feeling that that might be the the handover day. It might be. I mean, so our prediction who knows? is that Cardiff Shitwatch will continue till at least the twenty fifth of, well, of March. Sorry, Cardiff yes. fans out there. Yeah. Uh, why do don't be sorry because we've just said they're going to lose, which means they'll win next week. <laughs> so that's Cardiff Shitwatch. Great. Right. So we are back on the Six Nations bandwagon next week, Josh. Mm-hmm. And there are games coming up. They certainly are. What is the state of play at the minute? Let me remind myself. England are top. France a second, um, Wales a third with both with four points. Yeah. Uh, although England's points difference is much better than France's, thirty-seven yeah. to three. Wales are third in three points. Then it's Ireland, Ireland on one point, Scotland, Italy on a zero. Nilpa. 
So, looking at the fixtures for this weekend, then let's go chronologically. Friday yes. night, the big Friday ah, night. The We've annual got... low light of the Six Nations calendar. The... Wales versus France coming to you live from the filthy Lucre Bowl night spot. Oh, God. I, I know. The Sponsored by Ministry of Sound. <laughs> I know the Six Nations is a commercial entity. I get that. But the Friday night game is such a crass naked bit of pandering to TV at the expense of paying fans it really boils my piss I hate it just get rid of it I got an email from uh, the well, you did as well probably because on you're on the main list from the WRU saying uh, please plan ahead for your travel <laughs> on, on Friday and I thought well what do they mean by that then take a bottle to piss in when you're stuck on the M4 basically because there's nothing else yeah, you can do they had those on they had the repeater signs up even saying you know Six Nations Friday night plan your journey accordingly which is basically don't fucking go home early yeah ideally afternoon. you should have left last wednesday if you <clears> want <throat> to get to cardiff for this friday if you if you work in cardiff next friday please stay away just take the day <laughs> off in fact I, I went to wales fiji at the world cup which was a a thursday it wasn't evening but it was late afternoon i think it was four o'clock kickoff and that was just horrendous because it was all of the people who are normally in Cardiff for a working day, which is shitloads anyway, combined with seventy thousand people coming to the fucking rugby. People who just, just go and people who who just go to soak up the atmosphere. Yeah, and, and it was just piss. it was worse than like a Saturday afternoon game because it was just this horrible combination of people who just want to fucking get home or go grab some fucking food from M S for lunch or whatever, <laughs> and people who are just wearing fucking daffodil hats and the seven sheets of the fucking I'm wind. trying it's... to get to Sainsbury Central for a wrap get <laughs> exactly. out of my fucking way exactly. you pissed arsehole Waitrose is just there please <laughs> don't try and face paint a dragon on their face <laughs> yeah no it, that's awful I mean the game itself is going to be shite as well probably let's be honest well Wales are, are a team that are light on flair and creativity at the moment against a French team who seem to be more bothered about smashing people and breaking who, things than they are about playing rugby who seem to be, get a fight who seem to be light on ordinary human emotions and understanding basically yeah that. a little bit <laughs> So the Welsh um, team, though, interestingly... Yes, Scotland's helpfully ne- named them for no real reason a day early today. Um, why does he do de- things... I don't know. It was well, why does, why did rugby see. have to name the team so early anyway? I don't know. It's weird. I'm quite for, glad they do, but... I mean, it's helpful for us. We're doing previews. Yeah, we're trying to exactly. work out what's going to happen. But in football, it's about bloody five seconds it's, before it's, it's, on the back of a yeah, bench. It's, it's 90 minutes before kick-off. And even in rugby, they, 90 minutes before kick-off is when the team has to be confirmed. Right. So, yeah, I don't know why they don't just wait until then to name it but um yeah it was I, I did enjoy watching all of the Welsh rugby journalists on Twitter collectively shit themselves as they basically said that the Wales team was going to be announced in five minutes and not 24 hours at the press conference today and uh, yeah but yeah, yeah uh, Tom James has been put out of my misery which is <laughs> which is good and and Tipperick has been restored to his most useful position which is the bench and, which sounds uh, like a bit of a, a criticism which I suppose in a way it is because he's not gone very well I like what Eddie Jones said about substitutions where he said actually I really like that you should look yes. at them like closers like in yes, one day cricket thought... you have that your closing batsman comes out to bat about five to yes. carry you through to the end of the innings or like in baseball where you come yeah. out to, to the closing pitch to close out a win yeah no I love that I love that particular analogy because so often you sort of you think of like being on the subs bench as a demotion that you're not good enough to be in the starting 15 but if you look at it from a thing of yeah you are the player that comes on 
with 60 minutes gone or whatever and and wins the game and yeah and wins the game one way or another and yeah um, I think Wales not having Luke Charteris is going to be a bit of a worry because I think he's been excellent so far um, and the rumour has it we'll get a new scrum half for French as well this week probably Maxime Machineau which is disappointing because he's actually quite good mm. um, yeah Stuart Bonds said uh, in a spectacularly naked attempt to jinx Wales in our style um, that, <laughs> <laughs> that back Wales off Bonds exactly, exactly well Wales would have to be really really shit to lose on Friday and uh, I mean he is right yeah, but, but the it is that is, whole you never know which France. Uh, well, already, not, it's, it's not even that. It's just that the problem is at various moments in the first two games, Wales have been that shit. Like, yeah. they certainly were for the first 20 minutes against Ireland, and they were pretty dreadful in the first half against Scotland as well. So I don't I think, think they will. This France but... team don't look like. That whole thing about you never knew which France was going to do it, what they basically meant was that for 10 minutes they could kill you. Yes, they could run and two, that might be two tries in ten minutes, and then they, mm. they had enough about them to defend or whatever to win the game. What they had under Sant Andre was not that; that disappeared no. completely. In fact, the back end of the Laporte era led into it, and then it led yeah. and Lever and everything. Um, and this team doesn't look. Although they do seem to be a little bit better, I do think they are mm. a little bit better. They still don't look like they're going to put anything coherent enough together to win, especially away. I would imagine they they lack experience. Like most of the players that are on the park, probably won't have ever played in in the well. What is the Principality Stadium now? I guess. Um, no, before. it isn't. And it's the it's the <laughs> filthy filthy lucre bowl. <laughs> Indeed, and and Wales. I mean, if they are a bit sluggish and disjointed, you could maybe. It, it's all about the forwards, isn't it? I think Rob Howley said that like the game plan for France. The last, I mean, they've beat them something stupid like five times on the bounce now. And the game plan every time from Howley has basically been you take them on up front and you push them back and then they don't do anything. Yeah. Because, and that's, that's always been the way with France. They like to... Rob Howley to... said, Warren told me that the game plan... <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. If, if Wales' forwards can get on top and, and you look at the, the selection of Lydiot and Bradley Davis, you've got to think, yeah, they're going out there to smash some faces. And if mm. they do that, they should probably win, but I mean, I think it could be a tight one if they're, they're as sluggish and disjointed as they were at times on last weekend and the weekend before, yeah. to be honest. I, I, I think it's nothing but a Wales win. I don't think France are particularly great, and they don't even look like they're anything interesting, and I think it'd be relatively comfortable for Wales, actually. Wales so. by nine, I'm going for. I'm going to say Wales by four or five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, okay then. Uh, Moving on to the early game on Saturday afternoon, it's Italy versus Scotland. This, uh, you see, I've gone from thinking that Scotland might be building something out a chance to sneak it against England the first week to thinking they're going to struggle here. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Italy were very impressive for, you know, 55, 60 minutes. And I think that's where the problem England. might be. That's where and Scotland that is, might win. But, but then yeah. saying that, Scotland have got nothing on the bench either. So, And they've got quite but a I lot of But I think they can push well. through for 80 minutes with a bit more yeah, regimented sense than Italy can and more than that I just think Italy would like to win but their coach is gone at the end of the tournament and they're not that bothered whereas Scotland are absolutely desperate for any I mean they haven't won in this tournament for two years and that is unbelievably it's bad it's so mystifying when you watch them play a lot of the time no and they're not they're not bad enough that they haven't lost they've lost so many games on the bounce and you just think if they don't win against Italy this weekend there's not there could be no coming back from that mentally 
Like, mm. this group of players is becoming so conditioned to lose now, it's going to become endemic. And I think Laidlaw pretty much said today that, like, they need to win this game because it could be massive for the future fortunes of the Scotland team. And he's right. And and that is why I think that they probably... Well, as long, right. as long as he's not overstating it, you know, and getting well, carried yeah, away. Exactly. I think but, he's right, though. I think he's, it, it might seem a little bit emotional and, and, and worked up, but I think he's probably right. Yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, the point you made can't... is a good one that this could this need they need to win this, don't they? Yeah, because you think if they win this, they've got home games against uh, uh, Ireland and are they away or home to France? I can't remember, but um, you know they could sneak another win hmm. in this if they if they can get a bit of confidence back. But if they lose against Italy, you've just got to imagine the wheels are off, and it's another year, and that's just not good. France are on for the Grand Slam still, lest we forget. Well, yeah, exactly. That could be a motivating factor. Definitely. Um, so, I think Scotland are going to win that in Italy. I think they just want it more, and Italy, and both of them are not particularly great sides at the moment, but I think Scotland are the better team, and, and I, I just think, think Italy haven't got enough to last. And on a very team. basic level, Greg Laidlaw kicks penalties. And Tanner doesn't. Yeah, there's definitely that as well. You actually, know, keep it there? simple. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's that. And then the, the second of the weekend, we've got the well. The main event is is thirty percent fitter England. <laughs> what the fuck's that all about? Oh, it's it's this it's I. The thing <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sums up, the thing that sums up Eddie Jones's England tenure so far for me. Is that he's sort of taken on the Warren Gatland role of the bullshit spouting, um, spouting shit stirrer? Mm. Because he's just—I mean, it's more entertaining than Stuart Lancaster, if nothing else. But you can see that just every time he gets in front of the press, he's basically like rubbing his hands under the desks, thinking, ah, what, "What am I going to do today? What?" Shit I think am that's I quite spend? good management, though, because well, it, yeah, just, it means you don't have to answer not? questions about positions and shit. You can just yeah. say nonsense, you know. Exactly. It's the, it's the, it's the, what is it? The, the, Political campaigners call it the dead cat on the table. Yes, exactly. people are just call, people just talk about the dead cat on the table, not what's happening over there. If you, you know. Yes, and, and and that has sort of been his 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 modus operandi so far, and yeah, it's quite entertaining. I did notice that he did make a point um, about choosing to point out how much Ireland kicked the ball, um, which isn't news, of course. Everybody knows they kicked the leather off it, but I sort of felt like he was trying to be a bit sort of mind gamey in the Gatland yeah. style and perhaps and he's also said he doesn't mind the fact that you know everyone hates England and that he's not going to feel sorry for Ireland because he got a few injuries yeah and and, and that's totally fine I, I do because I think England are comfortably favourites with this and I think they'll win at a canter I but... think they are very comfortably favourites and he uh, wouldn't have been so much unless Ireland I mean Ireland have lost a shitload of people haven't they they've lost the... and they've lost Jared Payne this morning yeah I mean the, the, the camp must be like a scene from MASH at the moment it's <laughs> I mean, but with no they, funny one. Well, exactly. Well, I don't know. Keen Keen Healy's quite amusing on his day, but that's yeah. the thing, though. The, the tournament's gone, and Schmidt has basically admitted that he's going to roll the dice a bit and try some some mad shit and see what happens. But yeah, I think the only thing that Jones has to really worry about, and I think it comes back to him drawing attention to that kicking stat, is that he's perhaps not very confident of winning the aerial battle. Because mm. Ford and Youngs are both kicking like men who've had their feet amputated so far this year, and when you True. look at 
if you know Sexton is is absolutely the the fulcrum of the team and basically the only thing that they've got going for them at the moment. <laughs> the only thing that works. Yeah, and and he and if and no matter how bad they are, if you if Sexton's on form, he can kick you to death both tactically and you know just through chipping away at the scoreboard. And and I wonder if he's just trying to daring them, trying to dare them to run a bit more and play a bit more. Um, because he knows that if you could limit Sexton's impact in the game, then uh, you know it's probably going to be a fifteen twenty point win to England. Because I think he, fan- I think he fancies what he fa- if he says run at the defence, and I'm happy for you to do that. Yeah. Because to be fair, the defence has been going okay. Yeah. In terms of sheer tackling. Yeah. Some of it's not so good, but no, interestingly, but- he's just just before we came on, he's um, reduced his match day squad down to thirteen. Yes. And I suppose the notable things are is that uh, Elliot Daly stayed behind. Yes, this I mean, time. I, but then again, Oliver Devoto's injured. Devoto got injured, yeah. Which is strange that he's picking Devoto. <clears throat> he doesn't really play for Bath much or as much as he should. Ben no. Daly, who's, who was it's the form centre in the Prem, you know. Yeah, but you know. Uh, so I mean, he's he's still around. <clears throat> and other than that, Toji's kept his place, and I think he'll yeah. probably come off the bench again. Yeah, but it'll probably be same old, same old, won't it? Daily I think that's the, bench, the thing. He'll probably go back to to the mix that basically, broadly, the mix that did well against Scotland. I would imagine. I wonder if he's tempted to bring in a Todje for maybe Haskell or Clifford for Haskell, oh. maybe, um, or anybody for Haskell. Yeah, just you for Haskell. I Morgan mean... Parra, David Smith for Haskell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just can't see anything other than a very comfortable England win, probably a quite comprehensive one and maybe even quite a humbling one, depending on how badly Ireland's roll of the dice goes. I think the worrying thing as... for Ireland is is that they're going to struggle. <clears throat> they they seem to have struggled to front up, for want yeah. of a better term, to actually Absolutely. stick with it. And like what against Wales, letting Wales back in was something that should never and would never have happened previously. No. I don't no. believe. And as you you made a point last week, a good one about the fact they become this kind of first half team. Yeah. If they don't do very well in the first half and they think and and the spirit goes a bit and the leadership's not too good, as you say, <laughs> it could get ugly. Yeah. But if they actually if they actually find something within themselves, and to be honest, against England at Twickenham is a time to find it. Absolutely. And. Uh, you know, and I think if they're going to, it should be now because what more motivation do they need to no, go and embarrass no. England in in HQ with their new revolutionary coaching uh, panel and so on and so forth? Yes. But, and their magic fitness wand. Um, and their magic thirty percent fitter. <laughs> Boom. That's literally like those diet pills adverts, isn't it? Literally the lose, thing I've ever heard. Lose but, uh, twenty-seven stone in an hour with this new pill. Um. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a win for England. Yeah. I, think, I, I can't think, really predict how far it'll be, but I think it's a win for England. I think it's a very. Com- I, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking back to when Wales won the Grand Slam in 2012, and like, I remember that one. Unlike 2008 or 2005, that was kind of slightly anticlimactic for me mm. that year, and it was like I was happy, obviously, but the whole time it was just sort of. It didn't really feel like Wales were that good. It just felt like everybody else was absolute shite and we just were the least shite team. And the more I think about it, the more I look at England and I think, God, they're going to do the same thing. Like, they're not a terrible team. They're a de- they're an alright team, but they're not a great team. And they're probably going to win a Grand Slam. I can't see them losing to anyone. It's that tallest pygmy in the tribe thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, that's the magic of rugby's greatest championship TM now. <laughs> Is that made the lead, like a team that will probably get
get beaten by 20 points by any of the Southern Hemisphere teams right now. Including Argentina. Including Argentina um, is probably going to win a Grand Slam. Yes, the oldest and... championship in the world. <laughs> the greatest stroke, oldest yes. stroke. stroke. We've still got it on terrestrial TV, people. <laughs> Please make a fuss. Please make a fuss. <laughs> boom, boom, shake the room, Friday night fixture championship mm -hmm. in the world speaking of boom boom shake the room and music that's moving us on from that we're going to finish that's, as that's we, a hell of a link as we always do on with the the loop the world's first and only continuous rugby related music playlist and i've mm -hmm. got an absolute treat for josh this week as we're going back to the 80s where we are going to be playing the stone cold classic run to you by brian adams what do you I... think of that josh Look, I've 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 enjoyed in the loop so far, but I'm starting to think like maybe maybe it's run its course. I mean, this is a low ebb. Let's not be. It's an absolute classic. Look, that you, guitar I'm, riff is a blinder. I'm, I'm I I can't criticize. I will admit that taken in a vacuum, run to you is a decent song, but you cannot detach it from the entire Adam's back catalogue which does include duets with Spice Girls now there's just there's no getting away from that and yes no you do know that I'm just going to edit all of that to the bit where you where you finish saying <laughs> it's a decent song <laughs> no I'm not really well anyway we'll this is what I finish up look I will put this out to you again and to our eight listeners out there yes. that if you want something Please. better on the loop for please give God, me a suggestion. Please, please suggest something. And please, Adam Reese, I'm not talking to you because you keep suggesting horrendous songs by Mastodon and so and bands that are called things like Blood Death Virgin or something. <laughs> I'm not on about that. Give me something I can actually play. Anyway, we're finishing with the loop. We'll be back next week to review how the weekend went. We've predicted Wales win, Scotland win, and England win, and we'll see if we've cursed the fuck out of all of that next week. Thank you, Josh. Sure Goodbye. Have. Take care. She says love for me could never die. That'd change if she ever found out about you.
Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.